0: You're listening to the Stream Grace Network. Thanks for joining us on the Renewed You podcast. We're here to help you discover how mental, physical, and spiritual health combine to help you live your best life. We want to give you hope, tools, and encouragement because the world needs a renewed you. Now, here's your host, John Yule.
1: Hey, 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 everybody out there in podcast land. Thank you for joining us for the next edition of the Renewed You podcast. We are dedicated to helping us all improve ourselves physically, spiritually, and mentally so we can live the life God designed us to live. So thanks for joining the journey with me today of course i got my buddy my friend my partner and i would say in crime but just not always in crime but anyway i got jeremy griffin with me what's up jay uh
0: nothing nothing
1: <laughs> <laughs> nothing's up nothing's up nothing. i'm just glad that we're not
0: always criminals just i only know part of the time.
1: but it's kind of what else are you supposed to say partner in
0: Crime. I think crime is fair enough. I yeah. mean, I'm sure there's some minor crimes that I commit from time to time, <laughs> time that I just don't realize. I mean, nothing that's going to send me to jail for multiple years. Yeah, right. Maybe if I get caught. If you I get caught, that's true. <laughs> but Sometimes anyway. I think, am I money laundering? Because like, I'm not sure the definition's so, you know.
1: I don't know. Just, just launder some this way.
0: Well, the problem is, like, when it happens, I usually hear it in the dryer, and oh, it's just, yeah. it's just it's, clink, 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 because I don't do the folders. I mean, if I have any cash on me, it's never cash. It's Hey, clean.
1: dude, the one thing you will not find around my house are dirty pennies, because they get washed really yeah. well in the yeah. wash. <laughs> hey, I'm so glad you guys are with us. Thanks for joining me, Jeremy, and helping me out today. Um, I got a great friend uh, that I'm excited to introduce you to. I've known this young man um, for several years, worked with him um, through uh, teaching at a Christian school, and he's had a huge impact on two of my three students and uh, will soon get to impact on my third kid and uh, in a greater way, and I'm excited about that, Uh, Mr. Zachary Lowe. How are you doing, Zach? Doing great, man. Thanks for having me. I am glad to have you, man. Thanks for uh, being on our podcast. Um, Why don't you start off just telling people a little bit about you, your background, and uh, start us on your story, you know, way, way back when.
2: How much time do you have? We got plenty (laughs) of time, buddy. Uh, Well, you ain't old enough to go that far back. I guess that's fair. (laughs) Well, uh, I will say I I just wrapped up my 10th year of teaching English. Um, high school English—it's uh, a big passion of mine. Out of that is passion is writing. So I, I'm also—I uh, write for a blog, Heartland Sports, and uh, I'm a Thunder blogger. I write a little bit on Oklahoma State. Don't have as quite as much time to write on them as as I do the Thunder. Uh, but I'm a big Oklahoma City Thunder fan. I'm married with four kids, and, uh, and that's all she wrote on that. That's all we're having. <laughs> uh, but the question I have is, when did you say that's all we were having? Uh, we Was it around two or three? Well, I, I never, never made the statement that we were done until four. <laughs> My wife kind of tried to say we were done at three, and I, I wasn't quite as convinced. And well, obviously she wasn't either. <laughs> after the fact, uh, so so now it's it's a done deal. Fours as four's as much as that as that's going to get. So uh, we're 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 very busy with them. They uh, we we've got Cadence, she's nine. Josiah just turned seven in January. Uh, Malachi is four and a half, and Ruby just turned two. So we've nice. we've got them all. You somewhat pushed a little bumps. bit, yeah. Um, we we got started young, finished young, and we'll have yeah. them out of the house while we're still while you're young. Still, to oh,
0: don't say it like okay, that because <laughs> you are jinxing yourself. Yeah, you really well. I, no,
1: it sounds uh, like he got some assist. Well, uh, I mean, in that department. All but, I
0: know is, is I had my two boys. We were going to be empty nesters in the mid forties, and I was loving it and boom 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 now i have a third child and i'm excited about it he's
1: 10 <laughs> he's, years old he's, he's been he's, chasing uh, a 10 year old around his house for the last 10 years fantastic
0: <laughs> and now we'll be empty nesters in our mid 50s and i'm, 50s right. and I'm uh, it's great hey, really it really is great
1: man come on now i am we talked about this on our last podcast but uh, i do believe it age is a mentality i think any time you're investing in people younger than you um, it helps to keep you young. That's why I like keeping Jeremy around
0: because he, he's, he's a little bit younger than you me. You know, the opposite also rings true, man. It's like playing up to up or down to who you're playing with at golf, right? Yeah. I mean, the only time I ever shot below 100 was when I was playing with guys who shot, shot in the 80s. 80s. <laughs> Go out there with my buddies. And I'm like, 130? How'd that happen?
1: Oh, man. Uh, So... Your dad, obviously. So, talk. Let's start before you get to the kids. Uh, what was your background as a kid growing up? I mean, did you grow up with a teacher? Uh,
2: are you in a family of teachers? I mean, what what was that? I was born in the third row of our church. Not not really. Not really. Holy cow! Uh, I was I was born on a Friday, and I can't say we were in church on Sunday. Wow, it's um, the type of church we. My dad was a pastor at the time. Uh, he now was a,
1: wait a minute. I didn't know you were a pre-K. Uh, I, w-
2: I was. He he was a pastor till I was in my early teens, yeah. and uh, then he did some. He, he was an associate pastor, not a formal position or yeah. anything like that. And then um, got got out of the the titled ministry, I guess you would. It, my my parents very much live a life of ministry, and uh, so uh, yeah, I grew up in the church. We were in the church if the doors were open, we were in there. Yeah. Um, and so I grew up always had a love for church. Um, and I've, I've really never not been in church, so I very much have a church background and, uh, I'm, I'm blessed because of that come from a, a line of, um, godly men and women. Mm-hmm. And I'm blessed because of that. My mom is a teacher and she is actually my inspiration on why I became a teacher. She, um, she stayed at home with me and my younger brother and sister. Uh, and my dad was a pastor, so we lived a very frugal lifestyle for many, many years and then. Um, she homeschooled us for, uh, homeschooled me till I was in fifth grade. My brother was in, uh, I think he wrapped up third and my sister wrapped up kindergarten. And then we, we went to a private Christian school um, just by God's providence. He worked it out with a, with a scholarship situation that allowed us to go. Yeah. And my mom actually went back to school as an adult to become a teacher. Um, she literally started from scratch. She did not have anything to her name as far as credits went. I went all four years, was an outstanding student, graduated, and she started teaching at the school that I attended, and she was there all the way up till I graduated. She's still there to this day. Hmm. And, what does she teach? Uh, her Now, she's the elementary principal, actually, and Whoa. so the one thing that she teaches is a sixth-grade government class. She was a sixth-grade teacher for a little over a decade, um, government, U S government. That's her, that's her thing. She, she loves it. She takes the sixth grade every year on a trip to Washington, DC and Philadelphia. And she's like one of those tour guides. She has a, uh, one of those pocket speakers, actually, that she carries around with the headset <laughs> so everybody can awesome. hear because they take a good sized group. Yeah. And she loves it. She's she's all about, um, she she jokes around, even though she's serious, that there's two documents that she carries with her everywhere. That's God's word and the U.S. Constitution. Mm-hmm. So uh, she always has those on her person, but she's really big into government and her her passion for teaching, her love for kids, um, really that that rubbed off on me. Uh, seeing that she cared about sixth graders, I feel like if you actually like sixth graders, then you are called by God to uh, do so. That is so true. Um, that is not my my age group, and you know I'm still a couple of years away from having a kid in that in that age range. But to do what she did for so many years and still do, she absolutely loves it. And they start uh, to smell, yeah,
0: real quick. Really, like it. It starts kicking in into fourth grade, into fifth, and then it's like at its peak at sixth grade. I remember, and, yeah,
2: that's bad. And a lot of them still haven't <coughs> quite found a bar of deodorant, right. <laughs> fallen into a shower or anything right. like that, so they're still learning, uh, yeah. but that's definitely not my age range. She did inspire me to be a teacher, and I loved English, So I, and I love reading and writing, so I just figured that was, that was where God was calling me, and uh, I really do prefer the high school age range. Yeah. I, I think when I started teaching, that was because that was how closely removed I was. I, I felt like I could relate to a lot of them, and... Um, now as I'm getting a little older, uh, they try to make me feel really old, but like you said, it's a mentality. <laughs> it really is. And, uh, I, I try to stay in the know, um, for the good and the bad reasons for their sake of, of what's going on in society. So you're so, saying you do have a TikTok account. Uh, I have an account <laughs> as of just a few months ago, actually. Okay. I, I held out for as long as I could. Good on you, man. I, my wife sucked me in. That's I, my problem. I had some friends that kept sending me video, and they're younger. They're former students. Uh, so they're about five, six years old. Younger than I am, they sent me. They would send me videos all the time, and they were funny. And I was like, "All right, I got to check this out." And so now I've got my little time waster that I try uh, not to spend too much time on. But
1: Jeremy, I think averages what an hour.
2: I don't. Uh, I don't
0: like to talk about it, but (laughs) I I will say this: I I cursed my wife a number of times (laughs) because she's sitting there laughing. She'll. She. This is how it started. She just leaned over with her phone and said, Mm -hmm. "Hey, watch this video." Three hours later, she's <laughs> asleep and I'm still scrolling. I'm like, what just what has happened? happened? Yeah. I feel that. Yeah.
1: I have yet to venture into the TikTok Don't world. do it, dude. I'm just afraid that I'll get stuck.
0: All I you know, know is I know how to do some useless dances poorly. Uh, I know songs I shouldn't know and I learned cooking tips that I'll never actually So is
1: do. that what the kids are doing when I go to these volleyball Don't tournaments? Don't ever start any sentence and with,
0: is that what the kids are doing? Just, well,
1: days? I'm sorry, but I mean, I walk, we'll go through the volleyball area and there'll be, they'll have their phone up there and there'll be a couple of them sitting there dancing around. Are they recording it?
2: i more than likely doing. So I have not ventured into the dancing TikTok. I've not. (laughs) I mean, I'm not saying I would do it publicly. I've got my, you know, you've got your personal feed and I don't know what the algorithm is they figured out, but I guess they've realized, they've heard me talk about how that's not my thing. So when I see the kids doing what looks like some sort of tick or twitch, that's, they're they're working on their dances. So that's, I'm, I'm along the line of some of the cooking stuff, you know, I'll save those for, to never use. Right. Um, Some of the some of the best meals so, I've never had. Uh, exactly. Right there on some the- some of the DIY projects yes. around the house. I've learned so much that I will never use. And uh, I'll, I'll, <laughs> I follow. You know, I'm a gamer, so I I, I like to watch some. Um, some different Call of Duty clips, guys that are way better than I am, yeah. and I try to learn some things from there. And then, obviously, a bunch of the the sports clips. I'm, I'm a big uh, UFC fan, so I, I check out some of that stuff. And then, some of my favorite, these are the ones that my wife really enjoys, is the uh, the married couple pranksters, yeah. where they get each other. Um I she she doesn't have a TikTok account, but we'll sit and we'll we'll watch them sometimes, and she loves the ones where it's the the married couples that are you know joking back and forth with whatever reason. So I'm always thinking like you know I feel like I could be making money off off my marriage. <laughs> yeah, uh, right. I just don't have the 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 wherewithal to remember to record things, but I'm like I totally do so much of this stuff. Yeah. At some point you would think when they see the phone, I
0: I just don't believe that people are that good at hiding the phone. Right. You're like yeah. Dude, that's too close of a shot. You're right there.
2: <laughs> it's not like... How do they not realize something? Exactly.
0: I'm like, you know what's going on. Got it. Got it. As a guy that craves authenticity, I do get frustrated with some of the fake, you know, Absolutely. stuff. You're just like, come on, stop it. Stop it. Yeah. With a S-T-A-H-P.
1: Well, my my son is addicted to the, the, the fails. Oh, dude. Epic fails. Yeah.
0: And so we watch those. This is when my ten year old cussed for the first time. Oh well, it was fail videos. Fa- oh, because he heard it. <laughs> yes, I didn't even pay attention. My other, my older two boys would listen to cursing and stuff. They never, they didn't just go off and cuss. So we're watching. This is our thing every night before he goes to bed. Fail videos. Five years old, he uses a word he shouldn't use <laughs> in context, and you're like what just happened yeah. and then yeah what parent has ever not tried to convince everyone who heard it they didn't hear it from me right, right. right. nobody believes you <laughs> just uh, you just embrace it and like yeah no i taught him that Yeah. Right. you should hear the other one no? <laughs> it's <laughs> like that was mild i we're we're just happy that's what he said <laughs>
1: Well, so your your mom was a teacher, uh, taught government, which is, of course, what I right. enjoyed. So uh, let's just play a little hearsay for a moment. Um, sure, you and your mom have had a discussion about everything we've been going through with the pandemic and the masks and, and our everything. Have you got an opinion? You guys talked about that? What, uh, what do you think she would say if
2: she was here? She's been pretty vocal, I feel like, uh, in terms of, like, our conversations that my I feel like my parents do a pretty good job of avoiding a lot of the social media craze. You know, some people get, get pretty wild, um, by putting their opinions out there or even worse arguing with other people's opinions. And I kind of try to view things through an open lens. Um, I I believe in absolute truth for one. So for, for me, that's my starting point. But when it comes to a lot of this stuff that gets politicized, I try to at least understand other people's points of view. And uh, my mom is pretty against being forced to wear a mask. Well, um, she's got a friend in in Jeremy over here. Uh, and <laughs> I newman's playing in my head.
0: <laughs> got a friend.
2: Okay. I'm uh, I'm not a fan of being forced to do anything. Yeah. Uh, even if it is for my good, if I want to be stupid and make a mistake. Students let me that, <laughs> Students <laughs> right.
1: who are listening, he is not talking about
2: homework or writing papers. Absolutely. He absolutely is, is talking about that, <laughs> just not for, for him, right? Uh, but as far as for, for me, I, I decided pretty early on that if it was going to be required, whether it be on a, a national level, an institutional level, yeah. or even just a personal preference, I'm around somebody, I was going to try to take that into consideration. Um, it's not that big of a deal, and at the same time, when people say that, there is a caveat of when does it become a big deal, right? So. Uh, for, for the longest time, it really became natural for me to just wear it because I was trying to comply and um, I don't want to say just get along because that's not really my style is just to just to get along. I, I want I want things to be done with purpose and I want to especially in, w- with people when dealing with people relationally speaking, I want there to be an understanding of why we're doing what we're doing. And uh, now that a lot of the mandates have gone away, I've gotten away from wearing it (laughs) about as much as possible. And if I'm in a place where I can, where it's not necessarily required, but I can tell basically everybody is, if I've got it on me, then I'll slip it on just, you know, that way nobody else is, is freaking out or anything. Um, I'm, you know, I'm not in the crowd that's vaccinated. So there's always that stigma uh, of it all. So again, I'm not trying to. Um, not trying to start any riots no, or no, no, do no, anything no. crazy like that. But. I think
1: it's interesting as a as somebody who loves government how that government, as far as in the classical sense of what I believe our founders intended, right? Um, I think it's it's interesting. You talk to people that love government from that vantage point, and they don't look at it as a health issue necessarily. It's more of a hey, uh, what about liberties and everybody's right. got rights? That's what we we got this whole thing for. And so I just I I think that. Conversation is quite interesting. Absolutely, and I think it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out in in the future.
0: So many people will make the argument, you know, we'll say our constitution what, and they're like, lots of countries have constitutions, and they're right. A lot of them do, and almost all of them, in fact, maybe all of them, with the exception of the United States Constitution, gives the government the power over the people. Right, and we truly are. I remember seeing a quote from Ronald Reagan. He's talking about, I don't remember the context, but he's talking about, we are a government that is. Of the people, by the people, and then uh, our current president who says the government is the people. Well, that's true if we are truly of, if mm-hmm. it's of the people, but if uh, if they don't have a seat at the table, and I think that's been my frustration in politics for years is that, I mean, who's really represented? If you look at Washington right now, for the most part, extremists are represented, Not yeah. not the people who make up the bulk of this nation. <laughs> it's just like, what? But, you know, there you go. If we want to really dive into this, we should get on the Scatter Shooting Podcast.
1: Because <laughs> Scatter Shooting is a great podcast on our network. Look at that plug. Network. I invite you to check that out. Go to streamgrace.com and click on Scatter Shooting, and uh, you can hear that kind of, of topic as well as, you know, aliens and all kinds of
0: stuff. Wait, when you talk about aliens? Dude, do you guys even know about this? Yes, I know where you're going. It is uh, May 24th, as we record, June, 1st of June. This is the one thing, and and I'm just going to say this because it's so thrilling to me. I have been against every COVID relief package as it was passed, not Mm -hmm. against the concept, but what happened, except for the most recent one for one reason. Some brilliant congressman slipped in that the CIA... Uh, has to put out everything they have on UFOs. Yes, it's and good. that
2: deadline comes June first.
0: Oh,
1: I 1st. know.
2: We're going to be trolling all. So is it going to be 1st. is it going to be this big dump of information, or is it going to be a total letdown? It that's well, what we're hoping. Okay,
0: here's what I think is going to be. I think it's going to be um, kind of a mediocre, like middle of the road thing. It's not going to be highly redacted because that's part of the whole thing that was slipped in. But this is like this serves you right for putting out a bill that's 1,200 pages and saying pass it. Okay. Disclose aliens. <laughs> let just throw that in. Page 732, you know. Paragraph six. You just six. never know. But you know. no, I think, well, what's interesting is a couple politicians and informers, like Obama was recently interviewed about this, and he said, there are definitely things that we can't explain. And I remember seeing that. Yeah. To me, that's like, okay, so you're admitting to it. Yeah. yeah. And that's really what it is. Well, and you know, the Navy started releasing footage. I think what we're seeing is one of two things. Either it's actual disclosure or it's actual distraction. And maybe I, both.
1: I was going to say, I think it's both. Um, I think that uh, there's with as much as going on, there seems to be a lot, as much distraction as possible. If you
0: had theme music right now, we would play it and go, this clip was brought to you by scatter shooting. <laughs> that's right.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but seriously, check out scatter shooting on streamgrace.com. com. Hey, uh, let's get back to your story, Zach. So um, your mom was a teacher, government teacher um, taught at a private Christian school Um. At what point did you decide you wanted to get into teaching?
2: It was very, very close to a senior graduation, actually. Um, for For most of my high school career, I wanted to be a writer. I mean, I'm, I still am. I am a writer. Yeah, I should say. Yeah, there you say. go. Um, and I, I wanted to pursue sports journalism at Oklahoma State University. And I was just pretty, pretty convinced that was going to. That's what I was going to do on a casual level, I guess. Uh, my my dad didn't go to college. Um, my mom did. She went back. But as far as having um, mentorship and, and understanding of what it was like to go on to college and, and further on like that, I didn't have a lot of that just because of my, you know, my parents didn't know a lot about it, that kind of thing. So I was kind of figuring things out on my own and I'd made up in my mind that it was just going to be easy for me to, to go to, go to college and study in this and, you know, find a job real easy and make good money and, and, you know, have, have my life like that. But, uh, as I got closer to, uh, graduation um, so somewhere along, I, I don't know if it was early senior year or when it was, but um, th- there was obviously the financial side of things that played in, but more along the line was God really started dealing with me in terms of why am I going to do what I say I'm going to do? Why did I want to be a sports journalist? And in my mind, it was, sounded fun. Like yeah. I, I, I've always been um, I was the athlete in my family. I was the sports-crazed guy. I mean, people just knew me. You know, in youth group, I just always knew if there was a sport being actively played in the professional <laughs> world, I knew what was going on. Um, my, my wife gives me a hard time now because I know rules to random sports. She's like, I didn't even know you like that sport. I'm like, I don't, but I still know a decent amount about it. <laughs> yeah. That kind of thing. That guy totally so, did a foul. We're watching curling. Yeah. He can't do that. <laughs> he can't do that. Exactly. <laughs> uh, why are they cleaning the ice? Uh, yeah, that, you know, that kind of stuff. So I just... It's just always something I've read sports biographies when I was a kid, all that kind of thing. So sports journalism just kind of seemed like that was the the destiny for me. And God really started dealing with me. Like, why do you want to do that? Don't you think there's something that you could be doing that would be better suited for reaching the next generation, reaching the world? Um, I I guess my mindset was uh, a missionary who's not leaving the country type of thing. And so, uh, you know, I saw what my mom did for a living and how passionate she was. And I knew that I, I didn't just love English, you know, some kind of weirdo. Uh, I was good at it and I did, I, I do enjoy writing and I loved reading as a kid. I still do. And so, um, I, I kind of pieced all that together and I was like, well, I could teach high school English. So I kind of looked into a little bit and for me, English education was just the route that I was going to go and so I started college and it was super boring with your basics to start off with. And I was super discouraged and there was uh, actually, uh, my pastor's, uh, my pastor, he had a, he has a connection with a, a church over in England and one of the family members of the church, he was, he was visiting here and he was actually, uh, the, the UK's most recent teacher of the year recipient. And, uh, so we had, you know, common ground. I was in, in school to be a teacher. He was a teacher. So I just started asking him about it. And again, it, it, it was him talking about his passion for the next generation and teaching and for kids. And it kind of reignited in something in me and helped me propel to the, to the next level of actually like, okay, if, if I'm going to do this, I need to commit myself to it, to it. And it's, it's just, it just, it's really not about me. It's about what does God want me to do? And what am I going to be doing for him, uh, for my future? And uh, it really helped propel me to continue in school whenever I was in a place of, is this really even what I want to do? And, uh, you know, f- finished out, finished out strong. And uh, I did my student teaching at a public school and I was heavily considered teaching in-, in public school. And my mom, you know, she's a private school teacher, really wanted me to uh, teach at a private school. My pastor, who is heavily involved in our church's private school, he-, he he was wanting me to come apply there. And so it just so happened to work out that um, there was an English teacher that left. I had an English degree. So I came in and I interviewed and it was one of those things where, uh, I, I don't know if the interview was more of a formality cause they knew they wanted me or for me, it was something I took very seriously. I was incredibly nervous. I still remember it very well, but, um, everything just kind of started to feel right in a sense. And it was one of those things that you know, whenever you're really seeking to be spirit led, you just kind of know this, this is, this is right. And so from, from day one, I called it my dream job and I still yeah, consider it to be you my, still do consider I, it your dream. I job do. Yet. And it's, it's one of those things that the last couple of years I've even started to consider, you know, maybe this isn't what I'll be doing until the day I die. Hmm. But, uh, for now, this is where God's called me and I love doing it. And I'm going to keep doing it for as long as he has me, as long as he has me to do it, then I'm going to do it. And I'm going to, uh, i'm going to give it my best, and I do love it um there obviously there are days where i'm like man who's <laughs> whose kids are these <laughs> those, yeah right those kinds of things, but um for me, uh, teach one, one of the benefits of teaching in a private school, uh, first off, my administration they trust me to teach what I teach, so I, I don't I'm not forced to you know cover this or that or whatever. I've proven that I'm qualified. I know what I'm doing, and and I, I cover what I need to cover. But as far as like uh, what books we read in class, I, I have a lot of flexibility with that, which I love. Um, I I like to add stuff and swap things out, and you know whatever I've been feeling the last right. year, I'm if, if I want to teach it, I'm going to teach it. And like for example, uh, with with the junior with my junior class we just read uh bob goff's two books love does and then everybody always and then after we read everybody always we actually called him and he answered and it was very wow. cool moment for me he's one of my favorite authors so it was cool for me the kids had a blast with it because we got to you know he talks about people calling him and then we got to call him so um it was it was cool to get to do all that and to see the seem a whole class actually care Uh, about a a topic that I care about so much and just get to, I mean, this is what I get to do. I get to teach about something that I love. Um, not, not everybody gets to do that. So it's, it's, uh, again, it it is a dream job for me and I love doing it.
1: So obviously, uh, if you're listening, you can kind of sense the passion that Zach has for teaching, but, uh, what's been some of the dark sides, what, what's been some of the down downsides of what you've, of pursuing your passion
2: Early on, it's, uh, it was super frustrating for me when I would put so much time and effort into presenting a lesson or a concept or whatever it is, and then like the whole class just doesn't get it. Yeah. Or uh or they clearly don't care. Even even now there's still, you know, uh I feel like seniors can be some of the worst cuz they're on their way out and and they know uh, it and they know, and God love them, but they're uh they tend to fall asleep in class and you know, I I've kids that fall asleep in all my classes. And so I always ask them the question, "Am I boring?" cuz I like I know I'm I really don't think I am. I I, I love the content. I'm I'm picking selections that i know are interesting because i enjoy them and i feel like i'm animated enough and i care about it enough to to at least hold your attention for you know a half an hour so whats is And isn't they're like mr low your, your voice is just so soothing oh uh, <laughs> it just puts me to sleep <laughs> holy crap no
0: here's and, more what it is dude i had i had like seven mountain dudes.
2: we were competing yeah. <laughs> on rocket league last night and i am just totally out of it we kept saying just one more and <laughs> right. then uh, right. 4 a.m rolled around like I, I and that's the thing i get it they're kids they're so i for me, it was learning not to take it personally. Yeah. Um, because I did. There were times where I, I, my very first year, I had a whole class, um, pretty much an entire class, fail a test, and I had to go back and like, okay, where did I fail? What did I do mm-hmm. wrong? Um, and what was the deal? And so it was just a just part of the learning process. Uh, and then, you know, besides the, the academic side of things, there's also the times where I have messed up as a teacher, as a human, um, where I've insulted a student, whether it was intentionally, and I thought it was a joke or unintentionally just totally didn't even realize it was taking place. So, uh, I've tried to make sure that I've taken those opportunities to apologize, whether it's privately, publicly, or both just to let them know, Hey, I'm a, I'm a human. I fail just like you guys do, but, um, it's super important to me. Um, as a teacher, as a man of God, as a father, that you know my own kids recognize. Whenever I mess up, I need to own that. Right. And people need to see that it's it's okay. First off, to not be perfect. I have students that are totally obsessed with getting a one hundred on every single thing that they do. My daughter is very much like that. And my my uh, she's she's a perfectionist. And she she just finished the third grade. Hmm. I'm so proud of her. She she got the highest GPA award. Um, she's she's a fantastic student. But she's still panics anytime she gets anything less than perfect. Mm, And uh, for me, it's so important to realize that, you know, failures are opportunities to learn. If you're just getting everything right all the time, or even athletics, if you're winning every single game, are you really growing? Are you getting better? Uh, And if you look at, you know, the spiritual side of things, if I'm, if I'm perfect, then I don't need God. It's as simple as that. So for me, um, as I grow older, I try to lean into that a little bit more. Be and like you're talking, you were talking about authenticity earlier. It's so important to be authentic with kids and just be transparent about failures. It happens. Yeah. We all do it. And uh, just being being willing to apologize, and you know, nobody likes. I don't know anybody that likes to apologize. Um, but it does get easier the more you're able to do it. So uh, I, I try to be authentic with kids, and there have been those times that have been uh, where I have hurt a student. And uh, I've I've had to apologize and uh, realize you know I've, I I need to I need to bring my A game every day and it's really hard to do that because you know kids certainly aren't going to bring kids their A game every day right. on,
1: kids don't bring their A game at all especially uh, in a in school or or the Christian school that right. that we were involved in you know some days are better than
0: others absolutely. And,
1: and, um, I think sometimes we forget to give that grace to each
0: other. Absolutely. That some
1: days you're on, some days you're not. And
0: I just I, don't know what you guys are talking about. I'll be honest. With you. Yeah. It's cause you're <laughs> off. But, um,
1: I think that that's what being authentic though is, mm-hmm. is, um, there are those days where man, maybe you're not feeling it, but you got to go act like you are, yeah. you know, you got to, you got to do your job, but then also have that safety to just have somebody around and go, dude, just pray for me today. Cause I'm, I'm not feeling this for today, sure, you know? And um, I know that, that you do that for other people there at the school. Um, so you've taught. And uh, my kids, my son, you had a huge impact on my son. And um, Shaylen really enjoyed reading uh, the Bob Goff books. But besides that, you also got involved in podcasting now listen i'm into it now but you were into it way before me and man i remember i went i went back and was checking up on your youtube channel some of those uh early ones you right. know you know i guess do you still
2: have the same setup with the thunder banner uh, and or have you guys changed that a little bit well we we quit doing our uh specific Podcast right around when the pandemic started, mm-hmm. and so now I've. Well, that's because
1: the NBA kind of just quit figuring out to play for America instead <clears throat> of for you know side issues. But.
2: So, so when that happened, um, Craig, my he was my partner in crime. He's one of my best friends. He decided to take a step back from it all. He was kind of winding it down, uh, freshly married, working a, a, a grown up job, yeah. and all you know all that kind of stuff. So he it was just a, it was really time consuming and really, it was stressful. So he was taking a step back from that. And it was a, a good parting time for me to kind of take over the full reins of this stuff that we were doing and him getting a chance to focus on some other stuff. So um, he took a step back. And as far as the podcast goes, we took a step back from that. And I've I've dabbled with some, uh, with some friends doing some guest appearance type stuff. And uh, I haven't, uh, because this season was what it was, uh, and with where we have been with just in, in life in general, I didn't have the time to commit to doing it like we were doing it before. So it's something that I'm taking a look at moving forward, uh, in terms of what that's going to look like. But yeah, we did it for, man, I don't know how many years, dude, Um, quite a few. It was, we, we were doing it for a while and we were pretty consistent. And I, I loved yeah. doing it because we were, um, we were seriously beginners at, in, in every stage. Our setup was very primitive and I just added pieces as we went along and didn't do a whole lot of editing. Cause I didn't know a lot about editing, not, not all the things that I know now, that kind of stuff. Like I didn't realize that if you messed up, you could just like, you know go back and cut that stuff out. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and part of the downside though, is we were doing, uh, we were, we were doing live too, right. uh, for an internet radio station. So part of it was we were live, was uh, it crossover? And, and then, yes. Yeah. Uh, so, so we were live and then, uh, we, we would, we messed around with some of that different stuff. So it's, it's a different animal when you are live because there's the, the whole, um, there is, I like it because of the interaction, if people actually tune in, so that's right. cool. Um, but at the same time, it's like you're you're performing at that point exactly. it, there is no like okay we can cut that out or okay we can go back it, it is a little bit different so there was that but uh we we did a little bit of both and uh, we, we enjoyed it for the most part because like you said just being conversational that's what we like to do we had our set topics that we would talk about but when it came down to it it was really just an excuse for me and craig to get to hang out once a we can sure. talk about thunder basketball and that's the thing what we were doing was we were taking our conversations that we had you know watching games or in text threads or whatever when we shifted it to a podcast because there we we would have friends over and they would say that you guys are entertaining just because we would we definitely did not always agree and you know we're Mm -hmm. both big thunder fans but we have very different takes especially on players yeah uh so that's all even now okay we get after each other about different players so it's uh i'm i'm definitely more of the uh the everybody love everybody mindset like i if you're wearing my uniform baby yeah if you're wearing my uniform then i'm going to try to try to and accept you into my family my thunder family but um craig is definitely he has his favorites and he has those good riddance i'm glad they're gone and and that type of thing and so it's fun uh it's fun because i i try to find the best in every player and okay so let's just ask so tell me all about how much you love kyle singler uh, I knew he was gonna come up. I I was a I was a singular advocate for about as long as a person could be before I finally just quit talking about him. Um, There's no winning with him. I it. think are we finally done paying him? I doubt it. I I think I think this as this season has wrapped up, I'd have to look it up, but I right. think we're finally done just paying now, him. Yeah.
1: And he's been gone for how many seasons?
2: I want to say at least at three. At least three, yeah, I, I think. think. Uh it was one of the, and here's the thing. his and I I'll still stand by this. His contract at the time, no, nope. it wasn't great. It definitely <laughs> wasn't good. But even, but the, what people don't realize is, as the salary cap grows, mm-hmm. if you look at that contract now, like it, he was getting five point six million dollars, I think, which that's money I'll never see. Exactly, but. but by NBA standards, that's nothing for nowadays. At the time, though, that was a pretty decent right. contract, especially for a guy that's got a bad haircut and isn't doing anything. And doesn't do anything. Um, he sits on the bench, makes $5.6 and
1: he's getting paid – 3 years after no, he leaves. Dude,
0: he was so Dude, that's a
1: sweetheart of a deal. That's, what I'm that's seeing, a yeah. great that's a great negotiation I by his be, manager. I will be I will be
0: and and here's the worst part. It's not like he was crazy bench team guy, right? No. I mean, if you're going to be on the bench, you see some of these dudes, especially the young guys jump up and freak right. out. I mean, he's still just sitting on the bench. And I you know, I I was able to interview him a handful of times and Every time I'd ask him a question, he just would kind of smile and deflect. And you're like, what is going on? Like, I don't remember what it was specifically, but I think it was a day that that Russell had a triple-double. And I just asked him, you know, because he he played a little bit of time. That's why he was on the, you know, getting interviewed. But I I said, you know, something about – playing with a guy alongside Russell, like what's it like playing alongside Russell Westbrook and being able to, you know, feed into some of those assists and he's kicking it out to you and you're putting that in. He's like, he smiles and goes, ah, you'd have to ask
2: Russell. No, actually Russell doesn't know what it's like to play alongside. (laughs) Russell. (laughs) Yeah. From what I've heard, like he, he's a nice guy, like yeah, out in the real world. Cause that's, that's the thing it's, it's that I've tried to realize about, I mean, these guys are human beings. They're not just basketball players. And, uh, some, somebody i work with she she was a neighbor to him for a while and i guess he was nice he was great with the neighborhood oh, kids yeah. and and that kind of thing and that's cool and everything but i mean i can do that for 5.6 million dollars i can do that for a uh, hundred thousand i mean i'll for, be a I'm nice no guy for a hundred thousand i'll be your, your family's <laughs> nanny and i'll i mean i'll be a, appropriate I'll, I'll even i'll learn how to clean if, if it takes that I, I don't really do a lot of the cleaning in our house but i'll do it um for that kind of money so. right man.
1: well you just said you made a great statement so let's just kind of uh pivot point off oh my it.
0: gosh there's pivot it. points available on the stream grace there Network you go at
1: let's pivot basketball term <laughs> pivot off of that you made a statement really good let's jump into this for just a second let's see where it goes um you said that you have to r- remind people and remind yourself that they're not just basketball players that the people too and yet so many of us def- are defined by what we do instead of who we are right and um i mean like you are a teacher You teach, but that's not who you are. Right. You are a Thunder fan, but that's not who you are. And I think for some of us, especially those that are listening to this podcast, man, it's really, really easy to get that line skewed. And because maybe we're not as successful in what we do as we want to be. So we build this mindset. Well, I'm a failure and I really can't accomplish anything. And we start living this substandard life because of our view of of. What we do, right? You know what I'm saying? Do you see that with kids at all?
2: Uh yeah, definitely. There, there's plenty um, that you, you know they're they're known for what they are good for. Whether it's a good athlete or they're a good student in this area or whatever it is, and because of that, it's almost like they get so defined by their stigma of whatever that they're really good thing that they fail to seek out other areas that perhaps they are talented in and really maybe even what it is God's called them to do and so just when like are, Kyle Singler
0: <laughs> <laughs> he failed to recognize that he wasn't good at basketball that's fair
2: uh so so I have you know some kids that are they're, they're defined by you know maybe it is they're defined by a failure even and because mm-hmm. of that, they fail to take up the mantle of the talent that they have in some, some different area. I have a, a student that comes to mind. he, he was a, not really a troublemaker. He got into some trouble. and it almost became like a joke that he was being defined by a couple of the things he gotten into trouble for. And I realized uh, that he was a really good writer. And so I, it was over Christmas break. I think I, that I realized it. So I wasn't going to see him in person. I just shot him an email and I CC'd his parents on there. Cause I wanted them to see, it. I was like, Hey man, you're a really good writer. Um, I expect more out of you moving forward. There's no reason that you shouldn't be up to the standard on a regular basis. And it kind of, um, I, I wanted to make sure that I complimented him and I challenged him, called him out on it and, you know, wanted him to elevate to, to another level. And as a result, he came back and he was like, Why did you send that? Like, why did you tell my parents that? And I was like, because I wanted them to know that you're not a complete failure. No, not really. Uh, But I I wanted them to see that I noticed something in you and I expect that out of you. And for me as a teacher, that's definitely something I try to, as as a coach as well, I want to highlight what they're doing well even when they're not right. doing a lot well, and I, I want to continue to call those things out of them, pull those things out of them, especially if it's something that they're not known for. Yeah, um, like there are uh, there, there are athletes that they're really good at at their sport, but they're a good leader, mm-hmm. even if they're not speaking in the huddle, even if they're not like the hype man, but they they encourage their teammates, and it's like um, sometimes you look only at the highlight level stuff, and that's what the world looks like. That's what the world looks at. Uh, it takes a coach to really notice the little things. Mm. And so, uh, you know, when kids are building a highlight film, they, they always want to do it like the scoring plays and the big stuff. And it's like, you have to realize recruiting coaches, they're going to be looking for t- taking care of the little things. Are you passing the ball? Well, are you setting screens? Well, those those types of things. So when it comes to just students in general or, or, or players, I try to find those things that that they do that aren't going to get noticed and try to pull the. Pull those out and let them know about it. And again, especially the kids that don't feel like they have any talent at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the, the high performing athletes or the high performing uh, students, you know, they get noticed for something. But there is a handful of kids that they're just kind of almost mediocre across the board. And whatever their talent or gifting is doesn't get noticed. And it's maybe it's because they're not putting it on full display or whatever it is. So sometimes I, I, it does take work to, to really focus. OK, what is this kid good at? How can I compliment this kid? Right. Not just to, you know, that way I can feel like I've done my good deed for the day. But they're, they're there for a reason and they're a part of my calling. They're in my classroom for a reason. So there's the, there needs to be some type of connection that's made. And there there's a handful of students that I, I see it in, you know, as an English teacher, I have them write a lot. Uh, and a lot of it's like response typewriting. Ask asking questions, how do you feel about this, that kind of thing. And there are plenty that are that are down on themselves. And it's funny yeah. how it doesn't matter how talented they are. They always have something negative to say about themselves, mm-hmm. uh, depending on the topic. So it's easy to come back and compliment the ones that are high performers, but the ones that aren't, it's it. sometimes it's just like, I feel for them even more because they don't realize they are gifted. And a lot of times I can pick something out for them. I'm like, I, I get that you don't, feel like you know you're a great test taker or you're not a fantastic athlete but you smile every single time you come into the room so when you write something that's negative it just blows my mind that you feel that way about yourself mm. you're the cheeriest person i know and you put a smile on my face every time you see me just stuff like that
1: but see when i was uh, involved in teaching especially at that school that was one of the things that i took seriously was um wait you only took one thing seriously i said one of the things yeah. i took seriously oh, that's right you take um, everything seriously. but i do but um was there is that core group that's going to get recognized because of what they do mm-hmm. but yet that's not always the the best example of those that are going to succeed in life absolutely um one of the pictures i used to show um to the juniors when i would talk about you know living a a legacy, not letting people define you today uh, to determine your future is a picture of Bill Gates riding a bicycle. Have you guys seen this picture? I have not. Okay. He was a teenager and he was riding, you you know, those motorcycles, Jeremy, where the tire is way out in front chopper. Yeah. Okay. It's a chopper. Mm -hmm. So he was on a banana seat bicycle that looked like a chopper and just frizzy old hair with glasses and just really poor clothes. There is no way looking at that picture. None of the kids ever guess that guy was going to become the wealthiest man in the world.
2: Right.
0: Okay.
1: Because who we are as a kid, did you say the
0: deadliest man in the world? No, I said, Oh, no,
1: stop it. Uh, Wealthiest man in the world is going to be this guy, um, that he was going to, going to help start a company that was going to revolutionize, uh, the entire world, you know, um, but we're not who we are as kids doesn't define who we're going to be as adults. And sometimes it was hard to see kids that had such potential, that had such down, negative attitudes about themselves. And I took it personally that maybe there just isn't a voice in their mm-hmm. their world. And I remember thinking every day, I might be the first compliment this kid
2: gets. That's a heavy responsibility.
1: But it's one that we all should take, Absolutely. you know, because I think one of the best lessons we can teach people is actually one that has been taught just in the last uh, 24 hours. And that is how to turn. And I want to give you guys a chance to get your thoughts together, how to turn our failures into opportunities to grow. I know as a coach, you do that. Phil Mickelson just won the PGA championship, Become became the oldest guy ever to win a major. And he's my age, which just blows my mind because I look so much younger than (laughs) Phil Mickelson does. And I have you guys heard his tweet that he put out right after winning it? Mm -hmm. Well, here's what he said. Quote, I failed many times in my life and career. And because of this, I've learned a lot. Instead of feeling defeated countless times, I've used it as fuel to drive me to work harder. So today, join me in accepting our failures. Let's use them to motivate us to work even harder what a great statement from somebody who hasn't always succeeded but kept working until he became a success um have have you ever jeremy felt like there was times that you've had to take your your misses because i don't like using the word failure by the way i wish we could just get that out of our lexicon um because i think failure is so finite it's like to me when you fail you're you're done that's the end you know i like missing okay right um you know uh i played a little baseball not too much but i remember that a good batting average was in the 300s which means seven times out of 10 you missed it right you know you didn't put it in play and yet you can get paid all kinds of money if you can hit over 300 uh, so i think we ought to we need to adopt phil's mentality a little bit better i think that's what teachers do have you ever had a time in your life where you've had to turn failures in or misses into energy to succeed
0: uh, yeah yeah i guess that's not the answer. Now, here's the thing: like I, I you know you know I've said this for a long time. Failure is not an option; it's a requirement. It is a requirement. And and so, um, for me, another thing I learned, like in my marriage, uh, I remember being in my first year of marriage, and I my wife came in, we were arguing about something stupid, as you do, and and at some point, I realized in my own mind she's right and I'm wrong, and I had to make a conscious decision whether or not to keep fighting, right? And so I said, "Oh, you're right." Well, she thought I was totally sarcastic. Like she kept <laughs> fighting. She's mad at me. I'm like, no, I'm serious. You're right. Do you want to go get Taco Bell? Like, <laughs> let's move on past this. And I think I say that to say this is that I have i don't think for as long as I can remember, I haven't looked at life as a series of of failures or successes. It's kind of like, and you know, I, I had this conversation uh, and not to bring the thunder back into this, but um, I remember Presti saying, that when you look at a player, you got to look at body of work, right? So you can't say when we watch highlight reels, we don't see all the misses unless that's the point of the highlight reel, right? You see all the makes. And I know watching the games, it, you pay attention. You're like, okay, well, this guy's, you know, he missed this, how he made it. It doesn't look as spectacular until you see the highlight reel. And our life isn't a highlight reel, but you don't judge a player because he missed, you know, X amount of shots. In fact, a player could be a hero missing the majority of his shots, as long as he makes the one that matters. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and I think that when I look at my whole life, I don't, I can't judge it in, in failures or um, successes because it's body of work. When I get to the end of my life, did I do what I was called to do? Right. And even if that looks like, and I'll, I bring up Jeremiah a lot in this, Jeremiah by anybody's objective standards would have been a failure his whole life up until the end of it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he's said, I got to tell the king this. And he's like, God's like, yeah, but the king's going to try to kill you. And so he does it. If you're his friend and and and, and Jeremiah says, hey, I got to go tell the king this. And he's like, dude, don't tell him that. He's going to try to kill you. <laughs> and right. then you see that happen. What's his friend going to say? He's like, I told you. And he, mm-hmm. li- he runs his whole life. W- was he wrong? No. I mean, we know because of body of work. We know because with the end of the story. where his impact was. So I I think that the key is we've got to to your point. I mean, we've got to stop thinking in those terms, even in terms to me of missing. To me, a missed moment is a moment where I knew what I was supposed to do and didn't. And I think it's the character that comes in. You guys talk about having impact in kids' lives and the ones that are under-celebrated. I think it's every bit as important uh, to help those who are over-celebrated to not allow their talent to outrun their character. Because that's too easy for us to do. I mean, mm-hmm. you you look at especially NBA players. You know, I've been around them a lot, so you're you see these guys are like, okay, their talent has clearly outrun their character. They they're too talented that they just don't have that character going. And so I I think it's important when you have people around you that are super talented to really make sure that their character stays in line and recognize that their talent doesn't define them any more than their lack. Someone else's right. lack of talent doesn't define them.
1: That's good. Uh, what about you, man? When you have you ever had to build on a uh, on something that maybe some people would view as a miss and yet you kept going and learned to, to, to get better
2: I don't know if I can think of necessarily a specific incident maybe it's because there's been so many of them. oh now you're talking <laughs> my life right there uh, one of my favorite quotes uh, I apply this a lot really in coaching is you either win or you learn oh, and that's good. That's good. I coached, I'm the head coach for JV basketball and because of, you know, I was really blessed this last season with, um, some incredibly talented young guys. Um, our varsity program is going to be good for quite some mm-hmm. time. As long as these guys stick around, which I think they will, they're very talented. And because of that, because of the, the level of competition that we play at a lot of times, we were slapping some teams by 30, 40 points. And, you know, everybody's having a good time. We're scoring. Everybody's getting, you know, getting their stats and everything. And I'm I'm over on the bench. I'm bored. After, mm-hmm. after like, the first quarter, I'm like, okay, I see how this is going to go. And, you know, I, I don't just quit coaching. I still focus on, hey, what are some things we can work on mm-hmm. and continue to get better? And it, it's kind of hard to do that. But then you come, and we're about three-quarters of the way into the season, and we play the best teams that we're going to be playing all season, really. And uh, we lose some close games. And I'm really frustrated because – going into it, I knew what our weaknesses were. I addressed our weaknesses before the game and at halftime, and we still couldn't make the adjustments necessary. And uh, it kind of brought them down a little bit to reality to realize we're not invincible. We still need to improve. We need to get better and, and continue to get better. And as a result, we were able to go on and, and finish the season strong. And I, I think that's that's just part of what it is, is being self-aware enough to understand what your weaknesses are. And as a result, trying to prepare for those ahead of time is so important. Um, I I just know like uh, in in my marriage, like there's certain things that my wife is so much better at than I am. She's, I'm a lot more short fused. I lose my temper a lot more so than she does. And she is not a great disciplinarian at all. So the balance there is she, she brings a lot more of the the loving side to things. And I bring the the firmer hand of justice, if you will, um, to make sure that our kids are, are learning properly and. Being able to move forward, so it's a constant uh, give and take for us. Of I'm, um, she's learning how to be more of the disciplinarian. I'm learning to not be so harsh on my kids, because at, at the end of the day, they're they're kids. They're just kids. And uh, I, I love the uh, I, I love the fact that father God is father God. Mm. Uh, I didn't really understand that until I became a father mm-hmm. and I get it so much more now that, you, you know, I'm upset with my kids when they mess up, but it's not because like, Oh, look at you, you're a failure. It's cause there's just, I have something better for you. Why will you not just listen to me? Mm-hmm. And regularly I hear God saying, I have something better for you. Why will you not just listen to me? So, um, that correlation is so important to me, understanding that, uh, God looks at me in an even better life than the way that I look at my own kids. So it's, it's, there is the encouragement to, like you said, just keep going and yeah. the full body of work. I, I, I like looking at it that way. It's, it's not just, just cause you make a mistake doesn't mean you are a mistake. And just right. cause you, you, you know, you messed up, you failed temporarily. That does not mean you are a failure. I right.
1: love your statement that you made just a minute ago about, um, let me see if I'm saying it correctly, that, that you were, you weren't frustrated that the team lost, it sounds like you are more frustrated that they didn't make the adjustment and play up to their potential. Absolutely. And as you were saying that, was I, the thought just came into my mind. So here we go. Preacher Mo for a minute, I really think we got to grab a hold of the fact that I really think that's how God looks at us. I don't think that God looks at us based on our successes and failures or misses nearly as much as, "Ah, why didn't you listen to me and make this adjustment in your life? If you'll make this adjustment, the outcome of your life will be so much better, and you'll be able to fulfill your potential. And maybe for those of us that are listening today, that's what we ought to take away from this. God has put people in your life. That believe in you, that see your potential. We got to learn to listen to those voices more than we listen to the discounting voices in our head. Um, I know you love English, and um, just this past weekend we were talking about Pentecost. You know, um, and uh, one we were talking about what it means to be full of the Spirit, and one of the things that we talked about was that the Lord fills us with peace, and uh, the word peace there is defined as the ability to um, uh, have the ability to have peace when there is disquieting thoughts and voices in your mind. And this idea that uh, so many people live with noise in their head and yet God can give us the place where we can calm that noise down so we can hear his voice because all he's wanting to do is to help us make adjustments in our lives. And um, if, if you were talking, I want to put you in teacher mode for a minute. So, all of you that are listening today, we're all students. We're all in high school. We're all seniors. Here we go. And Zach, you've got us for about three minutes. Give us your best talk uh, as far as how we can become the success that God has designed us to be.
2: I think I think it's important to celebrate your victories. So like senior graduation, it's a, it's a highlight for, for some people. Hope, hopefully, um, that's not it as far as their life is, has come so far. But for some people, I feel like they, they almost want to stop there. Like, okay, I've accomplished yeah. high school graduation. Maybe I'm the first one in my family that's ever done that. I've already peaked, and that's it. So my, my reminder for graduating high school senior or graduating college seniors, graduating at any level, is you're not done. You know, I, I, don't, I don't want to downplay your accomplishment. I want to celebrate you and, and you know, I'll, I'll be your biggest cheerleader if necessary, but you're not done. You need to keep going and keep moving into the next season because um, kind of like what you said, God doesn't tally our wins and our losses. Um, he, he's really wanting us to use whatever it is we've got. So he, as long as we're living up to our potential, then really that's, that's where we're walking in God's will. So some of us have, you know, Accomplishments, and we have uh, opportunities that others don't. But if we're not taking advantage of those and using those, then are we really walking in God's will? Uh, so, so for me, I, I want as my kids get older, I want them to realize that every accomplishment they get, I am so proud of them. But I know that they can do more, and I want them to keep moving more and more towards that. Uh, my 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 reminder to my kids regularly is: Are you doing your best? That's what I want from them: is their very best. If they can put forth their best effort, and then in the end. You just give it to God the glory. If it's if it's the the failure, even then you give it to Him and realize it's not about you in the first place. So uh, it's so important for kids to realize that no, no matter what level of success you're at, um, you're not done. Keep going. Keep moving forward. Keep keep going on to the next level of whatever it is God has planned for you. Because I promise, whatever your idea of success is, it's it pales in comparison so right. much to what God has in plan. What what God has planned for you, and that's something that I can look back to. Um, I'm 15 years removed now from from my high school graduation. I can look back and see what I thought my idea of success was when I thought I would have arrived. And I realize so much of that was built in maybe what the world has in terms of, uh, you know, financial success or career success or, or family success or whatever that is. But I look back over, I guess you could say my highlight reel of the last 15 years and the, the, the parts where I look at and I say, you know what? I hit it out of the park that day. And it was those moments where, I stopped in the middle of the chaos, like you were just talking about, and I found God's peace in those situations where there shouldn't have been peace, but I managed to find that. And because of that, we were able to walk through situations in a way that, you know, it surpasses all of our understanding, just like the Bible talks about. And as a result, we were able to grow, my wife and I, we were able to grow as a couple, Uh, our family was able to grow and ultimately helped me grow uh, closer to Jesus and just be able to use some of those stories. Uh, I'm I'm a very storytelling type of teacher. So I like to tell those stories in class and be like, look, I, I know some of you are walking through pain, but let me tell you about this time where I was in pain. And for whatever reason, I just, I felt God's peace and you know, God is good no matter what the result is. He's He's still constant. He's still the same. So even whenever it doesn't seem like things are going our way, he has our best interest at heart, and he's always going to be cheering for us.
1: Amen. That's right, man. Dude, thanks for being with me today. If you want to find out more about Zach Lowe, let me encourage you to check out his blog at heartland-sports.com. Com. And uh, he writes for the Thunder blog, he, he writes a little bit stuff about OSU. There's not much for OSU. to <laughs> we, uh. well,
2: We've got a lot. I'll tell you right now. We've got a, a couple of Oklahoma writers, University of Oklahoma writers, and they are on top of, especially if you're a softball fan oh, right now, on. they're on top of all the softball coverage. So I'm telling you, man. You, hey, man, I'm excited because
1: I love color softball. I know, punch a man card. But <laughs> I'm excited that three of the remaining 16 teams are really close to here. You got Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, Texas, mm-hmm. who are each getting ready to play each other. Right. And, which is crazy in and of itself, but the thought that we could have the chance to have Oklahoma and Oklahoma State at the College World Series, come on, man! And we hosted here in Oklahoma and City, and we hosted in Oklahoma City, and they're on the same side of the bracket.
0: Sounds right? rigged. I'm just saying, dude. <laughs>
1: I'm just. I think it's going to be great. And uh, so, but check out. I, I joke with Zach. Zach is one of the coolest Oklahoma State fans I know, and uh, because a real fan, like
2: you talked about the Thunder, it, it, you're a fan of the whole team, whether they win or lose. And there's and, been a lot of losing as an Oklahoma State fan because I've been a fan for. 20 plus years now so
1: yeah but it depends on the sport because that's true osu used to kick our tail in golf too because uh, i'm a huge o fan OU fan so it all depends on the sport but i encourage you check out his blog at heartland-sports.com and uh hopefully we'll have zach back and we'll talk maybe some thunder basketball or maybe just do another uh conversation and see how it goes jeremy thanks for being with me today man well you're welcome well, I'm glad you're here. <laughs> and we want to encourage you to check out all of our podcasts. Uh, we've got, how many are we up to now, Jeremy? How many programs? Oh, let's see,
0: 350,000, uh, I think. No, nah, I think it's uh, no. Uh, 15, 15 16
1: different channels. And we guess. got new ones getting ready to come on. Yep. Got all a sports the show about to start. Yeah. And so um, check out our network at streamgrace.com. And we would love to have you sponsor some podcasts on our network. And you can go there and email us and you can find out how you can do that until next time. Thanks for being with me on the Renew You podcast. Give your heart to Christ. Let him give you healthy physically, spiritually and mentally because the world deserves a renewed you. We'll check you next time on the Renewed You podcast. Bye bye.